Nomad Church. Go. What's up, Nomads? Today we have an extra special guest, someone I've known for many years. I call him my brother from another mother. Um, he is a college graduate, played college football. He went on to be drafted by the NFL, played a few teams there, retired, and that's where his journey begins. So let me introduce my brother, great friend of mine. He literally saved my life, him and his beautiful wife. Big G, what's going on, man? How you feeling? How are you, Pastor? I'm doing great. Man, it's great to hear from you. Always great to talk to you. Sounds like you're relaxing. You're laying around in that big recliner you got or what? Always. <laughs> <laughs> Always got your feet up just chilling, man. You earned it. Got to put it to good use. It was a gift. So, I, you know, I don't want to uh, make it go by the wayside. That's it's right. important to use your gifts. <laughs> got to use your gifts, man. You earned it. We watched you every Sunday for years, man. So you uh, kicking your feet up is all, all good. So where do you want to start, man? Because you got a history and um, former 1% biker, but you're out good. So we're not going to mention the name of the club, of course. Yeah, You did it the right way and they still love you. And um, let's begin, man. Let's just tell us about you. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Long Island, in Patchogue, Long Island. And I uh, went to high school up in a small town called Casanova, New York which is near Syracuse up where it snows, which I know you love. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, uh, I played high school football begrudgingly. I didn't even want to play my senior year. I remember being out of my horse farm out in the field deer hunting. And my mother came and grabbed me and said, you're playing. So you got to get back. The coach just called me and she forced me to kind of play. So that was your and from then it just, yeah, from oh, then it kind of right. just took off. I went to prep school for a year Got a bunch of offers from Division One schools. Ended up going to Virginia Tech, and from there, you know, it was all said and done. So let's get this straight. Your mom, dynamite lady, God bless her, rest in peace. Her yep. meatball, I still got to get that meatball recipe from you, man. Come on. Yeah, so. well, that's like a mafia secret. I don't know if I can let that one out yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're out hunting in the woods on a horse farm, which you grew up on. And your mother goes and grabs you by the ear and goes, come on, coach. Yeah, exactly how it happened. She gave me that Italian death stare and said, let's go. The coaches want you to play. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I I probably had a 12 point buck walk by my stand that day, which makes it even all the more worse. (laughs) (laughs) So in high school, how many years did you play? I played about four years of high school. Okay. Um, I was a tight end in high school. What? Uh, yeah, I was only about 250 in high school. Wow. And then after prep school, I got about up to 260. And then when I went to uh, Virginia Tech, I just put some mass on and they moved me to the interior of the offensive line. I played guard. You and played I, uh, tight end. That is all. I didn't know that, bro. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That's the, You got the big hands. That's why. Yep. And I was a good route runner and I could catch everything they threw at me and Took a couple of guys to take me down, so I loved it. Mark Bavaro was always my favorite player, so oh, yeah. I kind of emulated my style after him in high school. The late Giants. The, what was that? Yep, ex- New York Giants. 86, yeah, through 92, I think. Yep, yep. He played with um, a good friend of mine as well, 
um, Leonard Marshall. Yep. Yep. Old school. Old school. The good old days. So, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Back when the Giants were the Giants. Ah, they're rebuilding. They're on the stage. Yep. They're on the nose. They're doing, they're doing, doing uh, uptick. So, they're doing well. I got to ask, since, since you retired, which teams do you like to watch now? What is your go-to team? I I don't watch much professional football. I don't have a favorite team. If anything, I'll root for the Titans. That was my favorite professional team to play for. I, I'm really into college football. I love the pageantry of it. And um, they're hungrier, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's less of a business, more of a kids' game. Yeah. So I enjoy that. But today, it's becoming a business with the NIL deals and stuff. So I guess everything always points to the almighty dollar pastor. So that's where we are now, but I still enjoy the college game more than the professional game. And I'm an avid ice hockey fan. I'm a diehard New York Islander fan. My, my father built the rank when they were an expansion team coming into Long Island and Kings park. And I've been an Islander fan since I was a wee bit. And uh, I live and breathe the Islanders. Now, you didn't know something I told you and your wife about a couple of weeks ago. I played ice hockey in high school. Yep, yep you mentioned that to me. You laughed at me. <laughs> I laughed at you because I, I, you don't see guys your size playing ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a winger, man. I was, um, I loved it. It was great. Wow. I yep. I was fast. Incredible. I was fast. I hit like a truck. and um, Yeah, I wouldn't want to be four chucks by you. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Between that and football, I loved it, bro. Yeah. Great. But I, I I always rode. Now, up north, where we used to live, we we lived in, you know, neighboring towns. And um, I, sure. I grew up riding dirt bikes and quads all through that town. And um, it's just odd how God puts things together. So sure is. You, you were playing. Uh, a game that you loved and, and you were a staple, you were a starter for many teams. You can m- mention the teams if you want. It's up to you. And yeah, the Raiders, Titans, and Cowboys. I played for three different teams. Raiders, Titans, and Cowboys. Where'd you retire? Which team? With the Dallas Cowboys. You retired with the Cowboys? Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Awesome. And now you, let's see, you go from playing football, retired, and you get into the bike scene. And I well, it was 2007. I bought my first Harley. It was a fat boy. And my parents were in Florida. And my, my dad forbade me to ride a bike my whole life. Really? And I'll never forget the look on his face when he pulled up and opened the garage door and saw me sitting on that fat boy. It was like I, I, the life went out of him. <laughs> he didn't give me the greatest look. And to this day, my dad's 83. He still looks at me the wrong way, and I'll run in the other direction. Oh, your dad's built. You showed me pictures. Oh yeah, he's eighty three. He looks like he's fifty three. Yep, he's a he's a solid guy still. Good genetics, great genetics, great genetics. So you get into the bike scene. You got your fat boy. When I met you, you had your um, was it a street glide? Right? Yeah, it was street glide. Yep, yep. It was a silver and burgundy, if I remember. Yep, yep. But it was tricked out. You had the thing. It was a full dresser, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, I remember we were on the phone, and you were like, ah, I'm going to go take a ride by the Harley dealer. I was like, all right, man, ride safe. You called me back, and you had traded it in. Yep. Now, I remember vividly. Yeah. I remember that vividly. You had your pipes done. Yeah. What else did you do? You put a custom seat on that thing? Yeah, a seat, cams. Yeah, I cams. did everything. Yep. So you tricked out that bike, 
and you traded it in at the dealership. I mean, that was a split second decision. Yeah. And then you sent me pictures uh, of this new bike. I was like, that's my dream bike right there. Yeah. Oh, the color and everything. I was like, no way. Yeah, it's a gorgeous bike. It's a road glide, and it's, uh, I, I don't think I'll ever get rid of this one. No, keep that one, brother. That's the the top notch. That's the CVO. You got yep. a nice color. What have you done to it so far? Well, I did a seat. I did pipes. I did handlebars. Nothing to the engine because the bike, it runs like, uh, you know, an animal as it is. It's a 117. Nice. And uh, I didn't want to avoid the warranty. So it's to me, it's more about... Where have you gone on your bike? What have you done? A lot of people I know are garage queens. They have these bikes that are 10, 15 years old with 2,000 miles on them. You know, I've got almost 12,000 miles on mine, and it's a, year, a little over a year old, year and a half, and I've had two back surgeries since. So I ride, man. I uh, I don't just, just polish it. <laughs> now, I remember when you were talking to me, you are like, yeah, I got to take it in for my 9,000-mile service. I'm like, you had the bike for six months. What are you talking about? Yeah, and you were like, "Yeah, I already got nine thousand miles on." That's what they're for, you know. I, I'm more interested when somebody tells me where they've been on a trip than how many horsepower their bike had. At a you know, yeah, I, at a standstill, right? Yeah, those are just bragging rights, which mean nothing to me. I'm more impressed with the guy who told me he just rode up to Yellowstone National Park and back with his family right. on a bike trip. I went to Sturgis or went to Daytona, and uh, that's more impressive to me than. Than making a bike like a rice rocket, right, right? Which they're not meant to be. They're not designed to be that way. No, but the, I mean, you got the cruiser, man, and I know you're. Yeah, looking at, I know. and it's fast enough. Trust me. Oh, I know it is. Believe me, I know everything about those bikes. And yep. I, know, I know you were looking at the BMW recently, but I think you made the right decision in keeping your. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was. I would. I would have liked it probably for a week, and then I would have regretted it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, once you're on a Harley, there's nothing like it. You're actually in the bike. There's soul to it, you know, as, a, as opposed to being on top of a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. That's why I like the Harley Davidson brand. And not only that, your wife rides a Harley. Oh, she rides better than I do. So, how would that have been? You pull up the Daytona, you're on the Beamer, and she's on the Harley. Yeah, probably wouldn't have been the best look. No, not at all. You might as well have been on the back of her bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if there's a term for that, which we won't say on the air, but <laughs> I, uh, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sticking with my CVO. It's, I'm blessed to have it, and I ride it almost every day now. And right. It's just uh, it's a thrill. Now, you guys came to Florida about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Yep. I had the privilege of baptizing you and your wife in the Gulf of Mexico. She has to keep yep. I'll never forget that. And I thank you for that opportunity to, to be able to do that, man. That was a special. Well, you got it all wrong, Pastor. We're the ones who are privileged. I mean, it was, a, it was quite a, an out-of-body experience. I mean, I was always a Christian. I believed in Jesus since I was a little boy. Haven't always obeyed him, <laughs> but I certainly believed in him. And it's not because of the Bible, and it's not because of Catholic school, and it's not because I've always just felt this presence. And uh, I think that's a testament, because anybody can read the Bible or go to church and learn about Jesus, but when you just feel him in your life every day, uh, that, that says something about your faith. That's and right. um, I, uh, you know, it is the most integral part of my life. It's the most important relationship I have, um, even above my family. And uh, as I learned to put God first in my daily walk, 
I, I've noticed that life just gets better and better. Excuse me. It does. It does. Gee, I've known you for a long time. I've known you through ups and downs. And with everything, your constant has always been your faith in God. Yeah. Always, no matter what, you're like, I'm not going to take my life. I'm too much of a coward. Yeah. I was like, what? And you said, I would never do that. I'm too scared of God. Yeah. And I said, fear God. I fear him. That's the way to be. And I, I told you. Anytime you pick up that phone, if, if you're feeling some kind of way. Oh, I know that, brother. And, and, you know, come down, shoot. If it's that bad, take, get in the car, take a trip. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll get on the CBO and pop down. There you go. I live in the South now, so you That's can ride you around down here. That's right. Today was in the low 70s, so it was a little chilly for me. You know how I am. Oh, I feel for you, Pastor. <laughs> 80, 80 and up, and I'm good. I okay. Like I don't like it under eighty degrees. So. Autumn is autumn is my favorite time to ride because it's it sixty degree weather. You can always keep warm, or you can't always keep cool. So that's why you can always throw in a little layer on if you're cold. So that's always been my motto. Plus, big guys really don't like the heat. You, you're the exception. You're the only big guy I've ever met that loves the heat. <laughs> Listen, elephants love heat. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will wallow around in that pool like it's no tomorrow, man, in a hot day. Yep. And um and just enjoy it. But want to touch base on something, brother. Yes. There's a lot of people out there that don't know what's going on in life. And I did my my daily verse this morning and I said, um, you know, you ever walk by a mirror and feel like who is that? Feel like sure. what's happening. And um I had somebody that that listened to it and they called me and they're like, man, you hit it right on the head. I don't know who I am anymore. Right. And I said that you're right where you're supposed to be. Sure. You know, I'm going to use you as an example, a good example, someone that threw around 300 pound men for a living play after play after play, you know, an offensive lineman. Um, that's an amazing feat, right? You got people rushing at your quarterback and you're protecting them. You did that for years. Sure, and then just to add something, they threw me around too. Yeah. Those guys on the opposite <laughs> side get paid also. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> they threw you around. You got some bruises. But yep. to, to get up, and, and that's a man's game. That's a man's man's game, right? And sure then, is. Then from there, you get into the 1% bike scene, right? And yeah, I had lost a very good friend and uh, to an opioid overdose, and uh, I was lost, and uh, these guys kind of took me in, but... It, it, in hindsight, it, it was not the best move that I ever made. I mean, I learned some valuable life experiences, but I also got into the drug world and, uh, you know, became addicted. And, um, you know, it, it, it almost ruined my life. I mean, w- without God and, and you and my wife, the three of you saved my life. And it's a, that's a story to tell for now or a different time, whenever you want to talk about it. It's up to you, brother. I'm, I'm I'm wide open. You share what you're comfortable sharing, but I will say this. I told you something many years ago. I said, bro, you're family to me. I'll never give up on you, whether you like right. it, whether you like it or not. And, right. Uh, and and I, you never I, have. And I won't. I'm telling you straight up. But something you did, you never gave up on me. And I'll say it in the term of what I just said earlier. If you ever need me, pick up the phone. And don't feel and I- like... I'm bothering them. No, you pick up that phone. Oh, I will. I've taken that to heart. Believe me, and I've done it many times. (laughs) And I I appreciate that because it gives us a chance to share the word. And and you touched on something earlier, G. I want to back up a little bit. 
Sure. You said it's not about, you know, just praying and reading the Bible. You had a direct relationship with Jesus, right? Since I was a little boy, I've known he existed. And, and, and it wasn't because of Catholic school teachings. It wasn't because of, I opened the Bible and read it. It's just when my parents told me about him, I just believed. I just, I felt him. And I can feel him to this day That's and right. every day. That's right. And he saved me more than once. So I'll tell you that. And beyond that, your faith and your belief is what's carrying you through because, you know, I've said this. People look at problems and they say, oh, my God, I got this big problem. I right. Look at, I look at problem. I go, man, I got this big God backing me up. I'm going to beat this. Sure. And, and that's what I've conveyed to you. And you've taken that. It magnified it, you know, tremendously because things you've done um, by yourself, kicking a habit that you and I were talking about that you had for years. And I remember you called me when I was outside and you called me and you're like, you know what? Today's my last day. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, it ain't that easy to kick that. You got to get some help. And then you were like, nope, I'm done. And I said, I pray it is that way. Yep. How long ago was that? Oh. Uh. That was back in February, I think. So you've been clean yeah, for, for nine months. For eight or nine months, yeah. Just cold turkey. Well, cold turkey, I did attend some AA meetings, and I did also, you know, delve into my prayer life. And, and I realized how bad it made me feel after I did the drugs. And well, let's call it a spade a spade. It was cocaine, and it is a highly addicting substance. And... When you do that, you feel like you're on top of the world, mm. except when you come down off of it, you feel like you're at the bottom of the world. You're at the, the bottomless pit. You're in hell. Mm. And I didn't want to feel like that anyway, anymore. And, uh, you know, my wife gave me an ultimatum, straighten up or you won't see your granddaughter. And that was motivation enough because my granddaughter, Lily's my whole life. Mm. Mm. Yeah, she loves you. She loves you. I know that. She's my whole life. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Now. Yeah. With that, when I say cold turkey, like you didn't do methadone and you didn't get all this other stuff involved. No, 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 no. I, yeah, I, yeah, I just straight up. Now, if, if you're comfortable sharing, how long were you addicted and how much were you doing a day or a week? I was addicted. Uh, I, I started probably, you know, probably around two. I, I tried it early in the mid 2000s when I got the Harley. And then, I, you know, I didn't really do it. And then I got addicted when I joined the motorcycle club. And I was doing enough where it was almost a $10,000 a month habit. Oh, my goodness, brother. Yeah. I mean, you know, Charlie Sheen would call me to get an eight ball. <laughs> yeah. You, you told me a nickname you had. G yeah, Nose and Sign. They called me Nose and Sign in the club. Oh, my but gosh. And I, uh, I also, you know. Yeah, GBS was another nickname because yeah. I, was, I was so addicted to drugs. I know everything about all prescription medications because I've been on enough of them playing football. And, um, you know, it's just, it's no way to live. It really is. It's a false identity. It's a false high. It's a false high, a false happiness. It's a temporary happiness. Whereas in Jesus gives me an eternal happiness. That's right. That's right. Now you've been clean for nine months. How do you yep. physically feel? Oh, I feel much better now. Of course, I still have a lot of problems, you know, from the concussions and from pain and from surgeries, but it's nothing like it was. I mean, it's not compounded 
when I was doing the drug. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, it helped you for a little while, but like I said, once you stop and you come down, you, it's, you're in suicide territory because you don't even want to live anymore. Yep, that's scary because you said something. When, when you're on it, you're at this super high. You're, you know, you're Superman. You're on top of the world. But how, yep. how long does that feeling last? It depends on, you know, you know, usually it's, you have to, it's a, they call it the rich man's drug for a reason because you're always chasing it. You only get about 15, 20 minute high off of it. And then you got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And the more you do it, the more you need because your body becomes used to it. Oh yeah. You build an immunity. You need to develop a tolerance to it. Yep. Yep. Man. But the strength of your spirit is what carries you through brother. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, we were on you. We were talking to you, and your wife was screaming at you, and I'm praying for you, and you know, but you had to have the inner strength, the willpower to say, I'm done. Sure. And something you said to me about a year ago, you said, you know, I think I'm self medicating, man. I'm so broken. I'm all beat up. Yeah. And this is how I get through the day. And I said, nah, bro. I said, um, you got you got something to live for. You got your family. And, yeah, and you, no, there's a purpose here. I know there is, and I'm not done yet. No, you're not done. We got work to do, especially. Well, oh, yeah, a lot of work to do. Yeah, especially after what just happened. Yeah, I know we got work to do. Yes, we do. And um, yeah. you're going to be a pivotal part of what we're doing here, uh, like it or not. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a choice. Nah, you, I'll come drag you out of the bed. Let's go. That's all right. I'll be there. You know, whenever you need me, I'll be there. Absolutely. You and you and your wife. And um, how's the horse doing? Because the horse is doing great. Melissa loves it. Good. She actually fell on it the other day. Oh no! And it, and it dragged her about five yards, and she she got loose of the uh, of the uh, foot stirrup, and uh, the horse just started grazing like nothing happened. And uh, Melissa came home, and I called her a goofball, and she started laughing, oh, and she's got a nice little fell. bruise on her butt. Uh, yeah, she's okay though. Oh my gosh! But you know, you mentioned you grew up with horses, right? I did. I lived on a horse farm up in Casanova. Yeah, you grew up with horses on a horse farm, and we talk all the time that horses are in the Bible, brother. Yeah, they are the most beautiful, majestic animals. Sure are. The Bible talks about horses and dogs, right? Yeah. But horses, I mean, Jesus comes back riding a white horse. You know. Yeah. So horses yep. are so majestic, but there's also a scripture that you and I go back to frequently. Revelation twenty one twenty one, and the streets of the new city are paved with gold. With gold, yep. And I remember you and I were talking about it and you said, I got a question. How did they have streets in the Bible before vehicles were even invented? And I said, because God knew. Yep. There's something that we're going to have in the afterlife to ride, man. And I can't wait. Oh, I'm I'm counting on it. We're we're gonna race. I'm counting on it. We're gonna race across that sky and go get your mom's meatballs, brother. Yes, we are. That's, That's the first sure. order of business. Absolutely. And there's another scripture that somebody said reminds her of us. You know, it's Proverbs chapter twenty seven, verse seventeen, and it reads, As iron sharpens iron, so does one brother sharpen another. Sharpen another, yep. And here's the importance of that, G. Nobody can push you around, right? You can't yep. have, you cannot have a weaker vessel being very sissy with you and try to manipulate into something. No, nope. I can't have people around me like that either, right? 
Right. I got to have somebody that I look at and respect, mutually respect to even listen to them. Right. I, yeah. respect, I, I have all the respect for you in the world. And, you know. I, and I know some, you know, real soft handshaking individual in a white lab coat couldn't help you through what you needed help through. No. Nope. You went right to God. You went, I went right, right to the king of kings. Right to the source, brother. And and you said, I'm going to beat this. And man, I, I prayed for you heavy. And I still do believe it. Yeah, well, I believe it. I feel it. You and your family. And, yeah. this, and I say, he's still on the right path with this. You sound different. Your thoughts are clearer. You're physically better. Um, you just did a big ride, man. Tell us about that. Yeah. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, I went to Tennessee with a former uh, teammate of mine, Steve Wisniewski, with the Raiders and a couple of friends. Nice. And uh, we went to a Titans game and a Nashville Predators game. And then we came back and rode the chair hole of Skyway. Tell the dragon, and uh, it was uh, it was a great experience being with, with uh, guys I haven't seen for a long time. Got to reminisce a lot, and it was just good, clean fun. That's what and it's uh, that's what it's supposed to be. How many miles did you go? Uh, I did twelve hundred miles on that trip. Man, in a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it was like three days. It was twelve hundred miles. We did a lot of riding. It was it was uh, you know that's what they're for, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, get on there, twist that throttle, and just go. Not a lot of people ride long distance. I, I enjoy long distance riding. Well, there's a scripture, Luke fourteen twenty three. Go out to the highways and country roads. Tell the people yep. there to come. I want my house to be full. In go fact, and go is the operative go. word. Go. The word is go. That's the word yep. for this ministry is go. And it always has been, uh, and it, it always will be because. When I've talked about, you actually asked me this years ago. You said, wasn't Jesus a carpenter? I said, yeah. And you were like, huh. And he didn't build a building? And I said, no, isn't that ironic? He he was a second generation carpenter, G. Right. Had all the tools, all the equipment, and never built a building and said, I'll be here on Sunday from 11 to 1. Come see me and bring your your money. He never said Sure. He never Never. said that. Nope. And you know more than anybody, I get in trouble at these churches because I speak the truth right from the gospel. Sure. The Bible says, do not peddle the gospel for money. Right. And so I've done preachings at big mega churches and I don't do the altar call. Boy, do they get upset about that. Oh, I'm sure they do. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sure they do. I had a pastor tell me, hey man, the house is packed. Go, go do the altar call. I said, you do it. And, yeah. and I had the microphone on. So the whole crowd heard us. I didn't do it on purpose. I forgot it was on. I said, look, man, if people want to donate and give a love gift, that's on them. I'm not going to go out there and pressure them to do it. Sure. He said, I'll go do it. And he went back out there and then people were looking at him like we heard everything that just went on back there. Yeah. Because, gee, in the Bible, Jesus never touched money. Right. He never did. No, he no. Said, he said, uh, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. Yeah. Here's what Jesus did do. He told us to give directly to the poor, right? Sure. Yep. But he also said how to advance the kingdom. People take care of each other, right? So Love one another as I've loved you. There you go. And you know what's ironic? You know almost every scripture in that Bible without using the number like Philippians 4. Yeah, I don't remember the numbers. I've always told you that. I just, yep. I could never tell you what Luke 14, verse 3, chapter 2. Right. Is. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
but I, I know the Bible like the back of my hand, my, like the back of my hand, and especially the New Testament. And that's what, and uh, that's what carries you through, brother. That's oh, what carries, carries you through. me through. And and you know, it, I, I've seen your transition, and um, it's amazing. You've gone through a lot. Your wife has been through a lot as well. We'll have her on in another episode, so tell her to get ready. Um, yeah, she, I will. She's got a testimony that that is amazing, and God definitely brought her through. But that's that's another part of Proverbs twenty seven seventeen because she had to be strong to stand up to you in certain situations. Oh, absolutely. Right. She was she was she's my rock. I mean, she really is. She's a terrific woman. You both complement each other because she she yep. she wouldn't be able to make it without you, and you wouldn't be able to make it without her. So. No, and uh, she's a very special girl. You guys are, are, are doing it the right way. Well, yes, Jamal, sir. I don't want to hold you up, man. We've been out here for a half hour. Not holding me up, brother. <laughs> we'll have you back on again, but we definitely got work to do, brother. And, um, man, happy Thanksgiving. I know that's right around the corner to you and your family. Love Same you guys. to you, Pastor. We love you, too. You know, love you guys as, as always, like I always told you. And if you guys need anything, you pick up that phone. But we will get together. Likewise. That works both ways. Yes, sir. We will get together soon. And um, miss you guys, man. We'll see each other soon, brother. I miss you, too, brother. Take right. care, and God bless your audience. God too. bless. God bless, man. Okay, brother. Talk to you. Well, Nomads, we hope you enjoyed the ride. Whatever app you're listening to this on, please subscribe to automatically receive our latest episodes. And we ask that you share this with at least 10 people to spread the word. If you're ready to give your life to Christ today, stay tuned for the prayer of salvation. For more information, check out our website at www.nomadchurch.net. There you can donate, buy books, or visit our shop page for the latest merchandise. Remember, we love you and Godspeed. Repeat after me. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me with your precious blood and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and lead me on the road to salvation. I pray this prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.